Welcome back to Venture Studio. Today's episode comes from the Venture Studio Vault. In this episode, originally from May 2011, Dave interviewed Matt Harris, the co-founder of Village Ventures. Two companies that Dave and Matt discuss on this interview are Bank Simple and On Deck Capital. Village Ventures led Simple's $2.9 million Series A round in September 2010. Fast forward four years, in 2014, BBVA acquired Simple for $117 million. As for on-deck capital, Village Ventures participated in the Series A round in January 2006. On-deck went public in December 2014 at a valuation of about $1.3 billion. At the time of the recording, on-deck had originated $130 million in loans. At IPO, its origination volume was $1.7 billion. In 2012, Matt Harris joined Bain Capital Ventures, where I actually interned during my second year of business school. Matt leads the New York office for BCV and focuses primarily on financial services investments. Check out VentureStudio.org for more interviews with some of New York's best venture investors. Be sure to follow us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com Venture-Studio and subscribe on iTunes. Our Twitter feed is at VentureStudio. Now, let's head up to the Venture Studio office. In the office, baby. Hey everybody, Dave Lerner, Venture Studio. I have a very special guest today. He's our first venture capitalist on the show. So it's an historic moment. Matt Harris, founder of Village Ventures is here. We're actually in his office. Good to see you. <laughs> happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. So Matt, yes. um, great to see you. Uh, everyone here would love, I'm sure, to hear about the genesis of Village Ventures, the premise, how mm -hmm. that all started. Tell us a little about that. Okay, great. So uh, Bo Peabody, who I think you'll be speaking with at some point, uh, and I founded the firm in late 99, early 2000. So we're going, it's 11 years, it's unbelievable actually. Um, and the idea we had, I had uh, worked at a big firm, Bain Capital, and then started my own small firm called uh, Berkshire Capital in partnership with Williams College. And uh, having done both of those things, I thought the opportunity in the venture business was to uh, run small funds to do real early stage. Um, but since that's a tough business, you know, subscale, uh, we thought the play at Village Ventures would be to figure out a way to make life easier for guys running small funds and benefit from their deal flow. And now, fast forward 10, 11 years later, you guys have 15 funds in your network. Yeah. Yeah. So let me talk about that. We basically, you're running a small fund, you've got a lot of legal, financial, bookkeeping kind of headaches. And you've also got various sort of information and syndication problems. You've got to find people to fill out your deals, et cetera. It all is a function of scale. And so we have a set of services we offer to other small funds, um, a bunch of regional funds and some sector-focused funds. Uh, and that's what we call sort of the network or the platform or what have you. We, we don't brand it. We don't try to make a big deal of it. It's just sort of a we provide these services, we build relationships, we co-invest. And then obviously we have our funds. Our latest fund is 135 million, and you know we're mainly a venture fund, early stage, but we have this sort of special sauce, which is this platform. You particularly uh, focus on financial services, and yeah. within that, of late, you know, payments have become huge, uh, and a lot of your portfolio companies are in the payment space. Could you talk to us a little about that? I'm sure people want to hear. About yeah, that. you know, it's um, it's an interesting feeling. I, I've been investing 
exclusively in financial services companies for six, seven years. And for the vast chunk of that, I was sort of toiling in obscurity. I mean, it's an unusual thing. Uh, it's two or three percent of the venture industry historically. But lately, um, there have been a lot of big deal companies started within, in particular, payments, but also banking, like Bank Simple is one of our portfolio companies. Many people have heard of Square, which is a payments acceptance model, um, and specialty lending, on deck capital, and the receivables exchange, and Prosper and Lending Club. There's all these, you know, as the financial system sort of crumbled, entrepreneurs started to wake up to the opportunities created by that. Um, and so I've been lucky to be at the right place at the right time. I feel like a lot of the companies I just mentioned we've invested in and it feels like there's a real tailwind. Can you tell us a little about some of these companies, maybe Bank Simple and Onnet yeah. Capital? I'd love to hear more about these. Yeah, so Bank Simple, um, first of all, is one of the sort of buzziest companies that we've ever invested in. These guys are phenomenal at very authentically, you know, drawing attention to themselves. Part of that is the power of the concept, which is that most people don't like their banks. Uh, the complexity, the sort of almost willful complexity that banks introduce in order to obscure the fees that they're charging. Right. And the constant nickel and diming and chiseling exactly. that many of these do. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, in many other countries, the founder, one of the founders is from Australia, where banking is far more modern, far simpler, far less obnoxious than it is here. So uh, in many ways, this is translating insights that have been realized elsewhere to retail banking here in the US. But in other ways, it's leveraging the mobile experiences we've all become accustomed to, the sort of Apple-style experiences that we, that standard of customer care, and bringing that to banking in a way that B of A and Chase and Citi have a really hard time doing. So the team here, you know, the, our head of uh, technology, Alex Payne, was the first engineer at Twitter. And his instincts about how products can and should be fundamentally social really informed the architecture of that business. Right. So, you know, for somebody somewhat primitive like myself, <laughs> how, how would I, you, you know, I'm, I'm tired of, I'm not, I'm not going to mention names, but I'm tired of being chiseled by a lot of these banks. Sure. Is that a, you know, can someone like me, yeah. Use Bank Simple or okay. So I mean, the big ask at the core of Bank Simple's business model is we're going to ask you to switch your fundamental banking relationship from Chase or whoever it is to Bank Simple. Not not a hard ask for me. Honestly. Yeah, and that's honestly. What, you know that's the shocking. Historically, that's been a big ask. People choose whichever bank has the branch you know closest to them. But honestly, how, how frequently are you going to that branch? You know, any tellers you have a relationship with? No. Right. So I think that. The linkage between geography and banking has been severed. Uh, and ING has actually helped with this. All these high-rate high savings plans that people have established, depository relationships. So, so Bank Simple is going to ask you to have your primary banking account with them. It's FDIC insured. They sort of provide a wrapper over a proper regulated bank account. Um, so it's, you get all the standard features you're used to, but with a level of UI and simplicity and fee structure that you're not used to. Um, so our hope is people will link their direct deposit to it. It'll be their debit card, their primary transaction and savings account. Um, and you know that's the fundamental question: Is that too much to ask? I think for our demographic, you know, sort of twenty-one to forty-year-olds, uh, I'm giving you a little bit of credit. Thank on you. That. I'm slightly outside <laughs> that demographic. Yeah. Okay. That's, just, that's a fact. Technologically native, savvy. Uh, sort of harassed by banks right now, you know, I think that's actually not that hard to switch. So 
that's the bet. We did that deal with Roger Ehrenberg and a guy named Josh Koppelman. And, yeah. First uh, round capital. And first okay. round yeah. capital. Who you know, these are two of my favorite co-investors in the world, and it's been great working with them. And um, right. yeah, he, and Koppelman did Mint. Koppelman did Mint. He and I did On Deck Capital together, uh, which is a small business lending company here in New York. Tell me more about On Deck. I know some of the people over there, but I really don't know what they do. Basically, it's an entrepreneur named Mitch Jacobs, incredibly passionate guy, serial entrepreneur in the payments industry. Basically, realized that retailers had a nearly impossible time accessing capital. So Mitch's observation was that almost all of that business now is coming through the credit and debit card machine. So you no longer actually had to do manual analysis. As long as you got that data on a trailing, say, 12-month basis, you could have an incredible snapshot of the health of that business in an algorithmic fashion. So that was the insight. And four years later, we built a business. They'll do, should do, I mean, they've lent, $130 million all throughout the credit crisis starting in 07 with credit losses that were a fifth of, the, of Bank of America and Chase and Capital One. So they're changing the game. Absolutely changing the wow. game. And when people are now running from small business lending because they don't understand it, OnDeck is sort of lunging into that. We've got uh, an enormous balance sheet of capital, a bunch of equity, a bunch of debt, um, company do over $20 million in revenue this year and should be profitable by the end of the year. So. I think, you know, venture is most fun when you're solving a societal problem that you can feel good about. And that is when you generate the most momentum as people find themselves drawn to these companies that they can believe in. Uh, let's talk a little about your portfolio more sure. generally at Village Ventures. Yeah, so media and financial services, about 50-50. Bo uh, and Michael Barrick do the media investing. We have a bunch of sort of hypotheses and things we look for there. And then I do the financial work uh, with our associate, Brian Bursick. We look at a lot of payments, so we the prepaid world um, has sort of been exploding. We have a payment processor in New York called TXVIA. It's a really big company that no one knows anything about. They just raised $30 million, led by Oak last year. Wow. They've got you know, 110 people. Uh, they process for some of the biggest, you know, American Express and Blackhawk, which is the biggest prepaid company uh, in the U.S. So really big, important company that we seed funded four years ago, uh, a company called iSend is in the remittance space, mm -hmm. so sending money from the U.S. Sure. abroad. Huge space. Huge yeah, space. It's Western Union, MoneyGram, and iSend's just been uh, growing like a weed. What they allow you to do, instead of sending cash, they allow you to pay bills in the home country. Mm. Uh, and they charge about 90% less than Western wow. Union. Wow. Because the money's going for a specific purpose. It's not being turned into cash, and so it takes a lot of expense out. Where are they based? They're actually up in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, but they have an office in New York as well. I mean, New York is it's got a real pull for entrepreneurs, I think particularly in the last three to five years. In Europe, London has become something of a hub, hasn't it? Seed Camp, yep. Yep. all these folks. And you guys have an affiliate out there. What's going on out there? I think there's finally venture capitalists in London who are actually entrepreneurs and entrepreneur friendly and not you know, Wall Street banker types. And that's been a big problem. So I think finally you have people funding companies who really understand what it's like to build a company. That's been lacking. I'm, I'm positive about the UK venture scene for the first time. You obviously have index ventures in Switzerland and London and now Palo Alto. They sort of dominate Europe at this point. Right. Who's, who's, who's the big guy out Danny there? Danny Reimer. Reimer, right. He's awesome. Right. He's a big music guy. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's talented in a lot of different venues and, and they just go from sort of hit to hit. So, you know, they're the 10,000 pound gorilla in Europe, sort of like Austin Ventures is in Austin, you know. Uh, and that can have a little bit of a chilling effect, but Europe's a bigger place than Austin, and 
it'll be fine. What else are you working on that uh, you want to tell us about? Any, any other cool stuff? What I'm spending a fair amount of time on these days is mobile payments. So I think it's generally accepted that 10 years from now, people are going to use their mobile phones to pay for a lot of things. At point of sale, they'll use their mobile phone number as a billing account to pay for things online, virtual goods, etc. They'll use peer-to-peer -peer functionality using smartphones. So these things are inevitable, but we don't know when and we don't know how. And we certainly don't know who. So I've, been, I've spent years saying no to various things. Uh, I'm sort of feeling like I may find something to say yes to here in 2011. So spending a lot of time on mobile payments, spending a lot of time in the point of sale. I think there's the POS, point of sale technologies, need a revolution. Uh, and again, some interesting New York entrepreneurs working on that. Okay, everyone, you heard it here. Entrepreneurs <laughs> in, the, in the mobile payment space, Matt is open for business. Now you have a new blog out there. It's maybe six months old. It's called, yeah. it's called For the Win. What's That's the it. URL on that? Good question. Uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> go, Google it. It's, right. it's, it's like, Matt FTW at, uh, at dot blogspot. Okay, he's going to change that. Edit that. But, but <laughs> Google Matt Harris and For the Win. Is that a golfing metaphor like yours? It's you're, a gaming metaphor. Okay. You know, like uh, when you, you know, score your last point, it's for the win. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a common Twitter uh, acronym that I liked. I mean, I think I said when I founded the blog, the reason I chose it was it's something you need to keep reminding yourself in the venture business. We don't do this business to double our money. If you don't think that every investment has the potential to truly win, be a 10x deal, don't do it. And this whole notion of risk management, you know, therefore, is a little bit of a waste of time. So it's a mantra that I keep reminding myself. I'm sort of a conservative guy on some level, so I need to keep tilting into, remember, like everything you do should be for the win. I like that. You don't play for ties. So that, that was the name of that, that behind that. I've loved it. I mean, uh, you know, to, to see your blog obviously has great traffic. To see when I put something up that couple, three hundred people come read it. It's such a rush. It's you know, wonderful. In the comments and the sort of dialogue, it, it, it has made me realize that we are part of a community yeah. in a way that five years ago, sort of when we were working in isolation, I, I didn't realize. And I think that's it's part of what's making entrepreneurship and innovation so popular at this moment in a sustainable way is that it's less lonely than it used to be. Absolutely. Matt, uh, I'm respectful. You got, you, you got things going on. You got meetings you have to go to. Thank you so much for having me over here. Great to have you here. Good to see Fun. you. We'll do it again. All right.